Hello and welcome to another episode of What Do You Call It podcast. I'm your host GB. Today's guest, uh, why be a man where you can be an animal? A graduate of the ROH Dojo. He's a prof- he's professional wrestling's vicious little bastard. So glad I get to say that. Uh, please give up for the rabid honey badger, Ryan Mooney. How you doing today, mate? You all good? Oh, I'm doing good. I've uh, come out of a long hibernation while I was at work today, and I'm uh, ready to take the night by storm. Love it, mate. Love it. Uh, we're going to have a fun chat. I've uh, been a fan of yours for a while. Uh, listen to your podcast as well with one of my mates, One Stop Wrestling. Shout out to them. Cheap plug. And uh, I really enjoyed it. So I thought, I've got, got to have him on here. And um, before I do talk about you becoming the rabid honey badger, um, I want to rewind the clocks. I'd like to know what got you into wrestling in the first place. Oh, man. Well, you know, a lot of people's stories and upbringings, I think, with wrestling involves kind of like watching it on TV as like a kid, you know, as an adolescent, you know, the people who are going through like the Monday Night Wars with WCW and WWF. Mm -hmm. For me, it was a little bit different. Um, I got exposed to wrestling through video games, actually, uh, before I ever knew about wrestling on TV. Um, So. I remember that as a kid, I had like a best friend who had a, an older cousin that he lived with um, who was like a teenager and was allowed to play like the the violent video game, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, like the blood and the uh, the explosions and the guns and bullets and yeah. all that. Um, so I remember that most days after school, you know, before my parents picked me up and took me home, I'd go to this friend's house who lived near our school and we would play with his older cousin all of the video games. So mm-hmm. we're talking SmackDown, Shut Your Mouth, SmackDown, Here Comes the Pain, SmackDown versus Best Raw. video game, by the way, Here Comes the Pain. Um, yes. Everyone says no mercy, but Here Comes the Pain. I'm sorry, it's untouchable. But no, I, can't it, so. to, I can't speak to no mercy myself, even though I've heard that it's God-tier video gaming, you know, wrestling yeah. video gaming. I missed it. I just missed it. Um, so I was playing those video games with my friend, uh, my uncle also gave me one of the old WCW Nitro games. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember that very vividly. Like, pl- And I didn't watch WCW. I had no idea who the people were. Yeah. I knew Hulk Hogan, Hollywood Hulk Hogan. That's it. That's all I knew. Um, and I remember always playing like the Battle Royals. And I remember playing as Hulk Hogan because he was the only one I knew. Yeah. And I remember Sting, poetically enough, would always be the one to like throw me out of the ring in the Battle <laughs> Royal. Beat me. I could never beat Sting as Hulk Hogan. It was it was rigged. Um, but anyway, I remember being exposed to like the roster of all these guys, and here comes the pain, the guys and the girls, um, and just the different characters and the different mm-hmm. um, you know, personalities and the the larger than like so colorful, yeah, yeah. I was gonna yeah, say so superheroes and boisterous, it felt like larger than life, like a comic book or like superheroes do, like on a big movie screen. Um, I remember like, you know, my first time seeing like a character like Rey Mysterio or Ultimo Dragon, like the masks and the um, the attires and the logos, you know, on their Mm -hmm. um, tights and stuff. So it was really cool. It was a real trip, man. And the just arcadey style of gameplay and violence was really cool. You know, throwing your friends off of like buildings and having them still survive. You you didn't attempt any of this at home, did you? (laughs) No, no, no. So your friends Uh, survived then. Okay, cool. (laughs) Probably tried to replicate it uh, as much as we humanly possibly could, but no, no one F5'd me off of my friend's roof or anything like that. (laughs) That extreme, but you know, I got exposed that way first. Yeah. Uh, And then 
I started, you know, catching it on television. Mm-hmm. And then I had a little bit of a background already seeing the guys and the girls on the games. And that's when I started like following the storylines and yeah. following the matches from week to week on SmackDown and, and Raw. Um, and that's kind of like what initially hooked me mm-hmm. was the, the video gaming side of things. So I think that's a pretty cool, you know, uh, unique kind of like foray into the wrestling world compared no, definitely. to. I mean, most people say like, oh, I've I only watched it when like a family member was watching it and or I saw it in a magazine or whatever. But for you to actually play the video games and then get into it, that's pretty different. But it's pretty cool to hear the backstory, though. Um, I know you mentioned a few names, but who were some of your favorites when you actually were watching it properly? I would say that the first person that caught my attention immediately was probably Rey Mysterio. Um, yeah. I think the concept of the mask was so fascinating to me uh, because, you know, it he looked like a superhero come to life to me. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, uh, like Spider-Man or, you know, somebody of that nature. And it really resonated with me just seeing all of these aerial maneuvers and these amazing highlight reel moments, you know, that Rey yeah. Mysterio was kind of pulling off in America that had never really been seen here uh, before, right? He was one of those guys that was kind of innovating that cruiserweight style. Where it's kind of like Land of the Giants and people like you have mentioned, you know, Hogan. Yeah, certainly. And Sting and stuff, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, because of the the superhero-like presentation and the fact that he he clicked with me because of the fact that he was this regular-sized guy like in this world of just Goliaths and Giants – Mm-hmm. Uh, and would have to go the extra mile, uh, have to get creative to try and beat these guys. I always thought that his matches were really, really interesting because they were yeah. so different than just, you know, the 300-pound meatheads throwing each other around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is. Not that it's not entertaining. It is. But oh, yeah, yeah. But it's good to have are... different, isn't it? Yeah. Something more about that. So I would say, like, Rey Mysterio, because of that, and uh, Shawn Michaels was another one that caught my attention just because of, at the time, I didn't understand it, but, like, the little things that he was doing, like, when he was wrestling, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. the facial expressions, the the body movements, the way he would, you know, sell, like, different moves and like build up to things, even just, like, you know, just small things, like, just to kick up, look around the crowd and just, ah, yep. oh, my favorite wrestler of all time, by the way, I just I adore him. So those are a couple of guys that I would say, you know, I could name, I could rattle off a whole list, like yeah. guys like Jericho and other people like that, Undertaker, but, you know, that's like a small, mm. like, cluster. But, that, that, but Ray and Sean are the ones that, that stick out to you, and they're the ones like, oh, well, okay, they're like top of the list. Yeah, I would say if I would like, like, if I were going to quantify it down to, I'm going to pick one from, like, each show that I was watching every week. Yeah. Say I always wanted to tune into SmackDown to see what Rey Mysterio was doing, mm-hmm. and I always wanted to tune into Raw to see what Shawn Michaels was doing. Yeah, no, I get you, man. Okay, yeah. Um, I gotta ask because you actually end up in RH uh, Dojo mm-hmm. very early in your career, and yeah. I mean we'll get into like you know actually challenging for the world title really really early in your career. Some people don't even achieve that, but before I touch on that, I want to ask. If you can briefly run us through the Ring of Honor Dojo, um, how tough it was, how many days did you train, who were your coaches, and also how did you end up there to begin with? Yeah, so, I mean, um, you know, I think as people go along, you know, wrestling was super popular, like, in the 90s, right? Like, it was really big in pop culture. Everybody was watching it. Like, everyone and their mother was watching it, right? Even if they weren't wrestling fans and talking about it at school, talking about it at work. But eventually, you know, we went through a period after the Attitude Era where things kind of started dipping down yeah. and 
people started tuning out. And that's kind of what happened to my like whole like friend group in like school, right? Like my friends like stopped like watching it and stopped playing the video games. But for some reason, you know, I, I didn't lose the bug. Like I kind of became more interested in it and wanted to like go further down the rabbit hole. Mm-hmm. Um, so I started, you know, learning a little bit more about like the alternative wrestling products, doing like research and stuff. So I found like, for example, I found TNA, like when TNA was like starting to, you know, gain some more steam and gain some more momentum because of the WWE guys, right? Yeah. Like, oh, hey, Kurt Angle just mm. went to TNA. Like oh, shit, Christian Cage is in the impact zone and Christian Dudley Cage boys. Is there. Like Sting, I know Sting a little bit, like Sting's there. I got to watch and see what's going on here. Mm. And then from there, you know, I would see all of the guys that ended up becoming like, you know, my independent wrestling heroes, like the Christopher Daniels is and the, the AJ Styles, Samoa Joe's um, and the Motor City Machine Guns, like all those people. So TNA. And then from there, I found out about Ring of Honor because of the guys who, you know, became big in WWE that were from mm-hmm. that system and from TNA. So like, you know, at a certain point, we get to a point where like CM Punk and Daniel Bryan are mentioning like Ring of Honor on WWE TV Right. So I want to like research it and find out more about it. So, oh, these guys start here. Maybe I can do that. Yes, absolutely. And it got to a point where I thought like I was in like high school and I was thinking about like college planning because like our school counselors and stuff were talking to us about that at that point. And I started thinking like, what am I going to do with my life? I couldn't like figure it out. You know, I was trying to think about all these different career paths and you know, where my life was going to head up. Was I going to go to college? Was I going to just try to work like a job, go to trade school, whatever. So I thought, I thought to myself, I was like, man, like, I feel like I should try this wrestling thing to like, just see, just, just see if it's something that would be for me, see if it's something that I would be able to adapt to and, and be good at. Um, and even if it doesn't work out, then at least I wouldn't have to wake up like one day and be like, oh man, like, I wish I, really- I gave it a guy. Yeah, I wish I had tried it when I had the chance, you know what I mean? So I started looking around for wrestling schools around the time that I was in college, like third year of college. And Mm -hmm. the story about why that ended up happening was um, kind of around the same time I was looking for schools. And I literally like Googled, like, what are the top wrestling schools in America? Like, that's that's literally it. It was like a list of like 10. It was like Wild Samoans, uh, Santino Brothers, I think. Uh, and like Ring of Honor Dojo was like down on the list somewhere. Um, and I saw that that was in Pennsylvania, which was like right outside of Philly, which is near me. Right? Yeah, I was going to so, say like American geography is over my head, that one. <laughs> yeah, right. But like for anybody who understands that, like it's very close <laughs> to proximity, very yeah. accessible, um, you know, for somebody like me. And what happened at the same time, which was really interesting, because talks about how like, you know, like life kind of happens and we just kind of have to adapt to it. Um mm-hmm. My mom, at the same time that I was researching all of these schools, like in the summertime, uh, had been diagnosed with like breast cancer. Um, wow. And so I appreciate that. And the reason why that's important to the story, I'm not just throwing that out there just to throw it out no, there. No, no, no. It, I, I respect your time. Thank you. I considered for a time not training because I was like, no, like, well, I told my mom too. I was like, mom, like, this is something that just happened. Like we need to all be like hands on deck. Like we need to, you know, pick up some extra slack so that we can help you and take a, take a load off your plate while you're going through treatment and all this stuff. And, um, I was going to put off my, my training for like at least six months. And then who knows, it may have never happened after that point too. Um, 
And what happened was my mom basically like kind of sat me aside and told me, she was like, this happening to our family right now is all the more reason why you should go do this right now. Because mm -hmm. you need to do this now. You need this. Like, this is something our family like needs. Like you need this in your life. You need that outlet, that thing that you can, uh, you know, use to like channel your passion and your energy uh, into yeah. to give you give you a distraction from all this stuff that's going on like this will be good for your mental health um so you know i kind of owe like everything that i've had in wrestling like to my mother for kind of like pushing me to do it yeah. like right there in the moment therapy, but like you know i think she kind of understands from that perspective like life is short and you know yeah. wants you to sort of achieve your goals and yeah, yeah. obviously i absolutely respect that mate absolutely I think she was reminded, like, because of that, that life yeah. is not guaranteed. And, uh, like, if you're going to do something, like, why not just do it now? You know? Yeah, definitely. So I, I took a chance and I went. Um, thankfully, too, just a side note, thankfully, uh, my mom ended up successfully going through treatment and has been cancer-free for almost six years at this point. Um, that's awesome, man. That's, that's fucking good to hear. Yeah, so that that's great, and that ended up working out uh, wonderfully. But um, so I showed up. I, I I got an interview at the school to like mm -hmm. talk about like coming, and I thought I was gonna talk to like somebody in like a suit, you know, or some random businessman. And I show up the one day, and like cheeseburgers there, you know, my hey. We, I will ask you about cheese, but I've got it, man. But yeah. that's the story, man. <laughs> we can talk about him, and I'm just like, what are you like? What's he doing here? Like, I just because I I had seen a um. To backtrack a little bit, I had gone to my first live Ring of Honor show, yeah, like uh, about six months like before I went to the school, and Cheeseburger was actually in the first ever Ring of Honor match that I saw live, uh, at oh, nice. like Final Battle, the Final Battle pay per view in 2015. So it's kind of cool to like the first person I ever saw wrestle for Ring of Honor yeah. is like the first person that greets me at the door, like coming into the school. Um, and you know, we sit down and we have like this interview and we like talk about wrestling for like 30 minutes. Like, why do you want to come to the school? Like, why are you interested in being in wrestling? Um, and then eventually I decided to give it a try and sign up and I started training on my birthday that year. So I was, I turned 21 and like my 21 birth, my 21st birthday gift to myself was to go to wrestling training and I show up and I'm, I'm expecting to be like, in a boot camp or something yeah with like a million people like kind of like one person just like lost in the shuffle a bit like tough enough or something like that yeah yeah or something like of that nature and i was like, like nervous about it a lot because i was like oh man like i you know i don't know like if they're gonna be like really strict or they're gonna be like military drill sergeants um so i could like hide in the background and like not get a lot of individual attention which was which is what i was thinking right yeah, And I show up and I'm like the only person there. Uh, and I ask him like cheeseburger and cause my three trainers too, from the beginning who trained me from scratch were cheeseburger, a guy who wrestled for ring of honor and then did some uh, backstage producing and stuff for them named Will Ferrara and then uh, delirious. Um, so uh, I expected there to be more people. And I was like, where is everybody? They were like, it's like, you're the only one who signed up for this class, like this incoming class. And I'm like, oh, holy hell. So like from the beginning, like I'm being trained like from the ground mm. up by these, these ring of honor, you know, tenured guys in combination with like the more advanced people that are like rolling through the school. Oh, wow. Um, they're coming to like train and like not, you know, 
uh, build their foundation, but like add to it. Um, yeah. So I jumped into it. I started training as many times a week as I possibly could, you know, so I like I could try and like accelerate the process of mm -hmm. you know learning the skills and building my you know wrestling foundation uh, because I wanted to like wrestle like you know what I mean as soon as possible. Um, but yeah, those are the guys that you know kind of like you know raised me and and bred me to be the wrestler that I am now. So without them too. You know, none of this happens in the first place. They definitely owe them a lot. Uh, with the train itself, was there anything that you found yourself kind of struggling with? Any difficulties? Especially where you're going with people that are advanced and, you know, that you're not necessarily on their level just yet. So did you find, oh, I can't keep up? Or even maybe mentally, like promos or anything that kind of stood out to you? Yeah, I mean, there's a bunch of stuff because wrestling is so weird. Like, mm -hmm. it doesn't make any sense, like, from a human perspective, okay? And, and the, reason, the reason why I say that is because when you go, um, you're, like, literally learning how to uh, reprogram your body to, like, fall in specific positions mm -hmm. and, you know, protect yourself on the way down. And your body does not want to do that. Like, it's programmed to keep you alive and survive. And it does not want you to put yourself in any kind of danger, yeah. however, like small. Um, so that's hard to like get over that mental hurdle of like, I'm not supposed to be like falling or I'm not supposed to, my body's not supposed to flip in the air and land on my back. Um, so that was something that was hard to kind of get over at, at the beginning was like, you know, learning how to like take bumps and just allow it to happen or allowing people to hit you with like a clothesline or mm -hmm. something like that, you know, and, and not like scrunching up or like, you know, getting all tight and getting yourself hurt. With so your graduation. That, oh, sorry, my name is cut you off. I'll let you continue. No, I would say, yeah, I'll just, I'll say a couple more things. Like the cardio was a really big thing. Yeah. Like there's no kind of cardio, like wrestling cardio. Like you could go to the gym every day and, you know, run on a treadmill or do an elliptical machine or a Stairmaster, and it still won't prepare you for that conditioning that you need in order to, you know, have a match and make sure mm. that you're taken care of and your opponent is, is not getting blown up sort of thing. Yeah. So that, and, and then the promo thing you said too, I'll touch on that because that's hard too, to like stand in front of a bunch of people with a camera on you and, you know, like try to tell us a story or try to invest people in like a match or your character um especially too at the time too like i was me i was just mm. you know ryan like me like in real life the person I, I didn't have a character i didn't have a a gimmick to fall back on so cutting promos was like really hard thing to do because i was like i still don't know who i am so how am i supposed to do this so which, which makes sense that you're still quite early on in your career and still training absolutely mm -hmm. so those things those like three aspects of wrestling like that's why I say that wrestling is so weird. It's like something yeah. that like, it's just unnatural, like to do, to do it from a human perspective, entertaining as hell to watch it, but to actually try and do it is uh, such a weird thing to try and reconcile with your, your body and your brain. Mm. That's why I sit here and talk to the wrestlers. I mean, I've only done one training myself and now nah, I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to get Mike get a camera and I'll talk to wrestlers and remain a fan. But I do respect anyone. I, even as a fan, I get fucked up and people go, it's folk. I'm just like, fuck off. But yeah, so I'll get one up with that, if that gets said to me. But yeah, no, that's cool, man. Um, yeah, so going back to what I was going to say, so I didn't mean to cut you off then. Graduation, I want to know, what was that like with the actual graduation when you got told, okay, you're ready? 
you're ready to go out and wrestle for Ring of Honor. Yeah. So, you know, uh, when that happened to me, um, they say that there's no exact timetable for when you're going to, uh, you know, like graduate or be ready. Like they say, everyone's journey is different. And yeah. that's kind of what they told me right at the beginning. They say like, on average, it would probably take you like six months of full-time training to be prepared to have like a basic match on a show and, you know, to be okay. Um, but, uh, you know, not everybody is going to get there at that, that rate, but mm -hmm. that was kind of like what happened. That was what happened to me. I was, I went very much like the, the average or semi-accelerated pace. And, you know, what happened was, is I actually had to go to something that was called like a ring of honor dojo tryout where, they used to have them at the at the Ring of Honor dojo where they would have wrestlers like sign up and like come for the weekend to like train in front of a bunch of like talent scouts. So oh, it was so it wasn't just for the actual graduates um, or people that were actually officially with the dojo, but just no. wrestlers across you know America. Yeah, just like anybody, like oh, right. people from like other countries, like even come there as well. Like I think even mm. there was a tag team that came from over from like Germany or something, and. Okay, um, yeah. So, so what happened was, is basically like these people were coming because they were trying to, they were like, you know, experienced wrestlers trying to get a spot with Ring of Honor. Um, you know, people like, I'll give you names off the top of my head, like uh, people like MJF were there and Flip Gordon and uh, JD Drake from AEW as well. Yeah. Um, so, you know, those were people that were there to actually try and get into Ring of Honor, uh, trying to get a spot, you know. Wow. Impressing like the people on the panel, like Delirious, like the Briscoes, like uh, Christopher Daniels, Jay Lethal, those people. Um, but Delirious, you know, kind of told me in his weird, you know, dialect, like jumbled. So up he is up. actually like that, by the way. Just, just to clarify, like he of, is. Of course. Do you think that somebody would actually like <laughs> talk like that if it wasn't their real natural way of speaking? Um, but they helped me decipher. Burger helped me decipher what he was saying. <laughs> he, basically was, he basically was telling me, you know, he said, like, you should do this tryout because yeah. even though you're not, you know, trying out for Ring of Honor, like, you'll get a lot of good experience. Yeah. So I uh, ended up, you know, going and doing that. Like, this kid who had hardly any experience, you know, I showed up and I, you know, did the tryout as if I was trying to get a job with Ring of Honor. And I got a lot of positive feedback, but, like, you know, I wasn't, like, a TV-ready person or anything like that. Like, mm -hmm. I'm literally showing up with, like, um, like a pair of, like, old tights that were given to me that were, like, sewn for Matt Seidel, right? Because I think Delirious' wife, like, pre or girlfriend, previous <laughs> girlfriend, Daisy Hayes, like, yeah. made gear for wrestlers. So I was wearing, like, old Matt Seidel tights and, like, Spartan kick pads that were given to me by uh, my tra other trainer, Will. Yeah. Um, so I was, like, a creator wrestler. You know what I mean? Just a bunch yeah. of stuff thrown together. Go right back to the video um, games, yeah. <laughs> from the video games, right? So another tie into that. But I did the tryout, and I got a lot of positive feedback from everybody that was there. And uh, it was kind of a cool experience because I remember, um, like, MJF, like, I talked to him a little bit at the time. And, you know, he was still, like, trying to break out on the scene. Not, mm -hmm. like, how much of, like, a star he is now. But he came up to me and, like, asked me at the time um, – you know, uh, how, how far along into this are you? And I told him like, I don't know, man, I'm, a, you know, I'm about like, like six months of training in. And it was funny at the time. Cause he actually said, don't tell him I told you this, but he said, oh, wow. And you're already better than me. Like, that's not <laughs> fair. 
So um, that was kind of a cool little like experience that I had with him. Yeah. But so I did the tryout. And then after that, they kind of told me they were like, okay, like, you know, you're not ready for any kind of like TV spot, but you, you can go out and start trying to get like bookings on like independent shows. Like we're mm. comfortable sending you out there and letting you represent the ring of honor dojo out on the indie scene. So, you know, I got like a booking in New York. That was like my first one. I went with, um, you know, my, one of my trainers and a couple other guys who were on the card and I had my first match like, uh, in March of 2017 and, uh, the rest was history. I wrestled a man who I don't think he wrestles any longer and he wears a lot of baby oil. So I got baby oil slicked all over me. Uh, What's during- his name? Uh, his name was um, Damian Gibbs, and he was from uh, a place called Wrestle Pro, uh, which was uh, created by a guy who works for AEW, Pat Buck. Um, yeah. But anyway, uh, nice guy, lovely human being. It was fun working with him and fun re- uh, wrestling him. Uh, but I got baby oil all over myself. That part I did not like. Whatsoever. Welcome to the wrestling business. <laughs> I know. Like, your kid. Welcome to the wrestling business. Uh-huh. Um, so that was kind of how I got into wrestling uh, and how I got that um, first match. I'm going to turn my light on real quick just because it's getting dark. Yeah, no, that's cool, man. That's cool. For those All just right. to the audio, the light has come on, just so you know. No, that, that's cool, man. That's cool. And for you to do all this, like six months, that's that's pretty impressive. I mean, there's people that train for years. And mm-hmm. then, they'll, then they'll have a match. Everyone's kind of, everyone's different. Now. I think you've kind of uh, made a point of that as well with your story. Everyone, you know, advanced to different levels. And you actually challenged for the world title pretty early on in your career. Um, yeah. Some people will never achieve that in their careers. That's just kind of the way it is. But you, for you to do that, uh, you actually won the Royal Rumble uh, this year. Cody Rhodes. I want to know how was that experience for you uh, so early on in your career? Man, that was such a trip too because – that was like one of my like first ring of honor like matches in fact mm-hmm. i think it was my exact first ring of honor match um and it was in the 2300 arena in philadelphia the ecw arena um which was the place where i saw my first ring of honor live show too oh, so wow. uh like coming full circle kind yeah, of yeah, yeah definitely and to to have that moment with a guy that you know, I, I literally grew up like watching him on TV, like mm-hmm. as like, a, a young kid into like an adult, uh, young adult uh, as a teenager. And it was such a weird moment uh, to share the ring with a guy like Cody Rhodes. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I went into that match uh, thinking I need to try and come up with a way to make this memorable, mm-hmm. uh, like try to create a moment out of it for myself. So I thought like at the time he was doing this 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 gimmick um oh, the ring yeah the ring the ring of oh, the ring of honor that yeah like make people like kiss it and stuff like he was like a king or something and I thought to myself I was like what should I do I was like brainstorming ideas you know I'm like on a, like a chalkboard or something and I'm like uh, should I should I like bite the ring off his finger and I was like yeah. uh, no no I was like Minoru Suzuki already did that no I can't do that um I was like should I suck the ring off of his finger <laughs> and put it in my own mouth? Like, and I was like thinking it's crazy and weird. And I was like, and that's exactly why I want to do it. Yeah. yeah. It's and weird. And it's like completely out there and unorthodox. So I said, 
uh, I asked him, I was like, Hey, you know, you, you're doing this like ring thing. And I wanted to ask you, like, would it be cool if like we did this? Um, and he was like, yeah, you know, like that's, that's kind of an interesting idea. Let's, let's try that. So we ended up doing that. And like, that was the most memorable part of the whole match was yeah. that one part right at the beginning. Um, and you know, like we had a little bit of a back and forth and then he hit me with the crossroads and I, and I lost, but what a cool way to like be introduced to a, yeah. like a television product for the first time to wrestle for a major world championship and to do it against a guy that like now won the Royal Rumble and mm -hmm. a main event WrestleMania this year. And maybe and win you actually ran with your idea. Yeah. Yeah. So it was super cool. Yeah, no, that's awesome, man. Um, I mean, it's been a few names in Ring of Honor that you've wrestled. Uh, Shane Taylor, friend of the show, um, mm -hmm. Anthony Green, and there is a standout to me. Um, and I asked you before, but early on in your Ring of Honor career, um, Jay Briscoe, part of the yep. Briscoe Brothers. So along with Mark, so, I mean, sadly, the Western world did, unfortunately, lost him uh, not long ago. But I wanted to know if you have any memories uh, of him that you could kindly share, um, being mm -hmm. in the ring with him, backstage, uh, just, you know, what was your interaction like with him? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, I'm really grateful for the time that I got to spend in Ring of Honor around people like him, because mm -hmm. there were times in the best of times, you know, it really felt like it was like a family and we were all, you know, really, uh, really close, um, yeah. you know, like siblings or like brothers and sisters. And Jay was one of the people that made it feel like it was a community or that it was a family. Um because he treated everybody in that company with such respect and such compassion, whether you were the very top of the food chain or you were the guy at the very bottom, you know, like I was yeah. starting out. Um, and, you know, thankfully, I, I think I was grateful or privileged enough rather to share the ring with him, I think, twice uh, yeah. as uh, the Briscoe brothers and like in tag matches mm -hmm. and. Every time I remember being really nervous about that too, uh, wrestling the Briscoes the first time, like because they, I can they imagine. See... <laughs> as a fan, they scared me when it came over to the UK. I was just like, oh man, they scared the shit out of me. <laughs> They're intimidating people, they look like you know, backwoods, like you know, people from the movie, like mm. Deliverance, you know, like, <laughs> attack you and just like hold you. Great hostage. film, but yeah, there's a few scenes that are just a bit fucked up, yeah, yeah, um, absolutely, but so. You know, he comes up to, to me and he's just like the nicest guy that you could possibly ask for. Yeah. And it's like, he's like, hey, you know, man, like, like, all right, what do you guys want to do? Like, let's like put this match together. Like, um, you know, maybe you could like do a little bit of something here or maybe you could kind of like stand up to me here and then we'll shut you down or like, you know, cut you down and stuff. And um, it, it was cool. Like every time I talked to him, he was always the nicest guy in the world to me and you know, there there was one time, I can't remember exactly what pay-per-view it was, but or what show it was, but he had just come back from a match and I think he was like really feeling himself and really hyped up. And yeah, he uh he came back and he was hugging everybody in the locker room and then he just turned to me and look, like we're not like best friends or anything like that at that point, but he turns to me and he just puts his arm on my shoulder and he says, I love you, baby, you know, and I and I said, I love you too, man. And, and we mm. had like a really nice moment shared together in the, in the locker so room. So welcoming it, that, to hear that, just, you know. Yeah, absolutely. I remember too, it's another funny story that like right after I wrestled Cody, we went and did a 
uh, a show in a, a casino in Michigan that mm-hmm. never aired anywhere. Cause like the casino like paid for the footage and like never, it never saw the light of day, the show. Yeah. So like it lives in infamy. It's like, it's non-canon or it's like. Tony, Tony, right, let's, let's, let's speak to Tony Khan about this, but now continue. <laughs> right, right. Um, and maybe Tony can get it somehow. Um, but we did this, um, this show where uh, I was uh, in the dark match, like on the show mm-hmm. uh, at the very beginning, wrestling one of the other local guys. Uh, which was also right after I'd eaten an all-you-can-eat buffet because I didn't know that I was booked for the show, but I ate like the because they gave us these buffet vouchers at the show. Yeah, and I uh, ate just so much food, and then I got a text saying, "Hey, do you have your gear? Because we want to put you on the show." And I was like, "Oh my god!" So what happened in that match was we had this short little match, and Jay Briscoe comes out with a chair and like immediately just like throws the chair at my face. And I'm like, I, I see this chair coming and it's like slow motion. I'm like putting my hands up and I'm trying to like divert it somewhere else. So it doesn't hit me. But like I, you know, I fall down and like sell the chair shot. And then he picks me up and gives me the J driller. Um, and I remember like one of the referees like coming over to me when I was selling the J driller on the floor, uh, on the mat. And they were like, they were like, quick, roll out of the ring before he comes and does it again. And I was like, okay, all right. So. We got out and did that. But the cool thing about that, though, is that they rung the bell after he threw the chair at me. So yeah. technically speaking, I have a disqualification win against Jay Briscoe in Michigan. Oh, man. <laughs> so anytime we've ever had like a one-on-one or like a handicap match kind of thing, I'm technically undefeated. Uh, against Jay Briscoe in that, in that, but then every other time can say that, my man. (laughs) No, they can't. But then every other time we had a tag match, of course he uh, he whooped my ass, of course. But um, yeah, just the nicest guy. And uh, you know, I once Ring of Honor shut down, I really hadn't gotten a chance to see him or talk to him after that happened. So yeah, we haven't talked in a long time. But uh, both of the Briscoe brothers, Jay and Mark, were always just two of the most down to earth, just real genuine kind people and uh the wrestling world is, is worse off not just the wrestling world honestly the, the world in general mm. is worse off for not having a guy like jay briscoe in it because the coast of one of the schools in this area i mean that, yeah of course that says a lot about a person doesn't it absolutely and you know great wrestler we could talk about his work forever but yeah an even better human being and, and that's the real tragedy um of the whole situation hello there I've got a special announcement for my next guest. Hello, everybody. This is Taya Valkyrie La Huera Loca, one third of the Death Dolls. And you are listening to What Do You Call It? Podcast. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that, by the way. I had to take a quick break, um, but that was awesome to hear. Uh, one person who has been mentioned in this podcast, Cheeseburger. Yeah. Uh, I don't think I've heard a bad thing about him. I've had a few people from Ring of Honor who have had nothing but good things to say about him. Uh, as a fan, I think he's awesome. Um, it just seems like such a likable dude. Let me hear your stories. Um, you know, you've teamed with him as well. She said he has a, a big part to play in your career as well. So please tell me about Cheeseburger, the man. Yeah, so I mean, obviously, like, I wouldn't be where I am without him. He was a a vital and critical part of, you know, me building my wrestling foundation and 
figuring out who I was as a wrestler uh, and, and as a person. Um, and he's, it's so crazy too, because he's not that much older than me. There's only about like a two year difference, but like every time I see him, I think of him as like this wise old man. Yeah. Like a, a like his old sensei or something like that. Um, I think it's because yeah. like the way he, you know, he's the guy who like, always wears flip flops and like always walks around kind of like a, like an old man, you know? Yeah. So uh, I, I always tell him like jokingly that he's a 29 year old man trapped in like a 65 year old's body. You know? How old he is? Uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. 20, 29. He's been, he's been around for a while. What about the hell? I didn't realize it. I'm not saying I thought he was like 45 or something like that. <laughs> right. well, old, so. he, he's one of those guys, too, that started training at a very young age. So, I mean, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He started yeah. training when he was like maybe 17 years old. So yeah. he's already got like 12 years in the game, uh, even like though he's like in his 20s. Um, but, yeah, I mean, he's honestly like one of my best friends. And like I said, too, we've known each other for – a long time it hasn't been a long time in the grand scheme of both of our lives but mm -hmm. it's so hard for me to think of a time where he just like wasn't a part of my life like providing me with support and guidance and you know has always been there for me when I really needed him especially in the early years when I was trying to you know find my way in the wrestling world and he always looked out for me and still does but um you know in the early stages of ring of honor you know I I didn't have an identity and I didn't have a direction to go in. And he took me under his wing, like literally on television. And, you know, we became, uh, you know, we had a couple tag team matches together that I really look back fondly on. And then we became a, a six man tag team for a while and had a bunch of uh, fun matches in the Ring of Honor trio. Shinobi, what's the full name? I can't remember the full name. No. It was uh, Shinobi Shadow Squad. That's the one. Yeah, I remember we were like thinking about like what were we going to be called and we were trying to come up with all these names. We were like sitting like doing like a random name generator, like just trying to come up with like random like tag team six man names. So we actually did. Yeah, that's exactly. literally like what happened. Uh, oh, oh right, that that's quite cool. I think we just decided for some reason. I was like, or one of us suggested like, why don't we just be ninjas or something like something like fun and like wacky. Yeah, uh, the yeah. idea that we had tried to come up with was we were like, we should try and be like ROH's version of the New Day and just yeah. do like funny skits and oh, having a laugh. Yeah. Yeah. Try to like entertain people and like provide people with some like comedy mm -hmm. and some humor, but then also have like serious wrestling matches like when we're, um, you know, in the ring. Mm -hmm. And it was something that in hindsight, too, like I wish we had had more time to like really develop it and kind of like figure out the kinks and the, and tweak it to get it to where we really wanted it to be. Cause it mm -hmm. was, it was short. Like it only lasted for about a, a year. And I think that we hadn't really tapped into its full potential before we uh, kind of splintered off and, and started doing our own thing. Uh, but I look back on that very fondly because we had a lot of experiences on the road together and different matches with different opponents that was uh, super fun, and um, I always like like to go back and watch those matches from time to time, and mm. kind of um, you know go down memory lane and take a nostalgia trip. Um, but you know, as far as the the man is concerned, you know he's one of my best friends, and you know he inspires me with how much 
he works and consistently dedicates to his craft and just keeps pushing forward in the face of adversity. Um, because, you know, he's one of these people that wrestling is his whole life. You know yeah. what I mean? And uh, for me, like, you know, I, I'm, I'm a person that I can't just have one thing going on at a time. For me, I, I very much need to have my hand in a bunch of different pots, stirring things at, at the same time. Um, but I, I have a lot of admiration for somebody that can decide I want to just do this and only this, and I will devote my entire life to doing it because mm. that's, that's who he is. Um, and you can really see that passion come through in how he trains his students now, because I don't know if I, you know, have mentioned this or if you knew this already, but the ring of honor dojo eventually closed down and moved to Baltimore, uh, Maryland, um, when they tried to, to turn it into like the ring of honor performance center back in the day. Mm -hmm. And then Berger took over the original dojo and it's now his wrestling school. And he, you know, works by himself to like create the next generation of wrestlers. And it's a really cool place that I'm glad that I came from. Uh, and he I think, is, you've still, you've had the odd match there uh, since he started, haven't you? What's that? You've had the odd match there, haven't you? Since he took over so at his dojo. Yeah. 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 Cause he holds shows like in his dojo. Yeah. We do tapings and stuff sometimes for, you know, like some of the newer people to get more experience and for some of the, you know, more experienced uh, wrestlers to like work with them and stuff. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, I think that, you know, as a person, he is, I got nothing but good stuff to say about him. Um, the one thing that I wish he would do more of is answer my text messages right away when I text <laughs> Uh, he doesn't do that and that's literally uh, the only negative thing just pick up your fucking phone <laughs> yeah like, pick up the phone when i text you i know don't leave me on uh, red i know you saw this message I, i've got a few friends like that i'm not gonna i'm not gonna name drop him but i can relate yeah <laughs> and i get it i mean i text him a, like weird random miscellaneous things like all the time like if i yeah. have about something i'll immediately send him a message just be like hey what do you think of this and then uh he'll just like not respond to it and then i'll bring it up to him the next time i see him and then he'll kind of like brush it off by being like oh what oh sorry i thought i already responded to that and i'm yeah, like yeah, yeah yeah i bet you did yeah so what do you you're, think you're about quite it serious to me, mate. you're quite similar i think that a little bit yeah <laughs> but uh yeah no but on a, on a personal note he is a yeah. uh, big inspiration to me and my career and he's helped me out uh more times than i than i can count and uh, i consider him to be a very close personal friend i think if i wasn't even involved in wrestling anymore i'd like to think that we would still be close as, mm. uh, as close as we are now yeah no i swear that man he, he just seems like a cool guy and and obviously i remember like when he used to come out like this is what i probably forgotten to bring of honor he just always get a good reaction and he's just such a likable guy but for you to tell the story and just to hear thumbs up and good stuff about him um you've also had a few appearances in aew wrestling against mm -hmm. the dark order and yep. other factory just want to hear about your experiences in aw was there anyone that you reached out backstage um, anyone that you saw, just know I'm going to take this opportunity just to chew their ear off a little bit, get some knowledge and experience, and why not? Yeah, I mean, um, you know, working for AEW was a really fun uh, learning experience. Um, it was something that I had been trying to do for a while. You know, I'd been sending feelers out there. Mm -hmm. And, you know, something that was kind of interesting was I was going through like kind of like a down period for a while after Ring of Honor kind of closed up shop. Yeah. Um, because I, I think that I 
And a lot of other people had hopes that, you know, when they relaunched that uh, we'd kind of be back like in full force, like the way that we were, um, yeah. you know, obviously too, like life takes different, uh, different roads and different branches. And, you know, Tony Khan ended up buying the company and kind mm -hmm. of turning it into his own vision for ring of honor. Um, so, you know, I was, you know, I, I felt defeated at times because I, I had this yearning to kind of go back to Ring of Honor and, and be a part of it again in the way that I knew it, the way that it felt like home to me. Um, and I remember, you know, I was thinking for a while, I was just feeling not good about myself and my wrestling career and where things were going. And I remember like randomly one day, like I woke up and I saw an email on my phone and I was like, you've been invited to the AW Baltimore tapings. And I was like, oh, Okay, well, this is kind of coming right when I need something like this in my life. Uh, did you so not like suspect? Uh, sorry, did you not question it at first? Like, mm, you know, is this one of my mates or something, or like, is this a rib? It didn't feel like real. Like, yeah, I was. I know I didn't know what I was expecting. Like, maybe like uh, them to like send me like a message in a bottle or to like send something via carrier pigeon, but it just wasn't exactly the way that I like kind of thought everything would go down. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. You no, know, that's just you you have your expectations and then reality often conflicts with those. Yeah. Um but yeah, I got to go two separate times and have those two dark matches against the the dark order and then the factory and it was cool being there because there's so many people that are there from the Ring of Honor system that I knew when I was there. Yeah, uh, because obviously like they have people now like Jay Lethal and Christopher Daniels and Kazarian mm -hmm. and you know, a bunch of people, I, I feel guilty, like naming names just because I left a whole bunch of people out, but, uh, it almost felt like a family reunion Yeah, at times because I'm just kind of, it must've made it a bit easier for you as well. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, it was cool. I was surrounded by these people that I, you know, didn't get to have any contact with for like almost a year. And I got to meet a whole bunch of new people in the mm -hmm. AEW system and, it was, you know, it was a cool experience just to kind of see how that major television production um, or that major television product is like organized and structured and all the little pieces that are in place to make everything like work smoothly. It's so cool to see on like on people watch wrestling on TV. I don't think people realize sometimes just how many moving pieces uh, have to be perfectly in place for a wrestling show. Mm. Just the production alone is just insane, isn't it? Yes, there's so many pieces of the puzzle that have to fit into place perfectly just to make that two hours of television that you're watching on TBS every week, um, you know, go smoothly and go the way it's supposed to go. So that's always impressed me quite a bit, like how much work it, uh, goes into, you know, making that a reality. But, you know, it's, it's cool to be surrounded by like people that were inspirational to me as well, you know, back then. You know, like, for example, like William Regal was there around that time still. Um, and, you know, when I came back from my match uh, both times, um, you know, there are so many people like surrounding that like camera, that gorilla position. You're kind of like standing there and you're like, who should I go up to and ask for advice from? Because yeah. like there's so many of them there and I'm not going to monopolize everyone's time. So it's like, who should I go talk to? Like. 
there's like William Regal and like or like Matt Hardy's like there. Chase, I mean, it's like a kid in the candy shop. So, ooh. Yeah, it's like <laughs> I don't know what to pick from. Yeah. Uh, but that was that was a cool experience, and uh, I learned a lot about you know working for television and kind of brushing up on the different skills that you have to you know have sharp when you're working for a television product. And yeah, man, nothing but positive experiences to mm. say about working for AEW. Um, I hope to kind of continue working for them as much as I possibly can into uh, this year and kind of seeing you know what unfolds as a mm. result of that so i'm sure uh, you'll, you'll, you'll be back mate you'll be back um i'd like to know what other promotions have been highlights for you what other promotions have you really enjoyed working for that stand out mm, i would say that um you know i earlier this year i actually did my first wrestling stint for mlw nice. uh, I, yeah, Major League Wrestling, um, that they have a new show on uh, Reels, a, a television channel in America, mm -hmm. and on their YouTube show. Um, I had been going and helping out and doing Ring Crew for them for a while, and um, I then got the chance to wrestle in a six-man tag team match that was um, filmed in January. And the, the interesting part about that, though, is that I was playing a character that's on their show, like an Azteca henchman because I don't know if you're familiar with uh, Lucha Underground. Do you know what that is? I know it is. I never, really, I never really got into it just because it was hard to find like episodes for it in the UK. Right, right. Well, I don't know if it's still on Netflix in the UK, but for a while it was. I would recommend going out of your way to watch it because mm. it is a wild show that like a lot of different wrestlers have like come through. But um, MLW has uh, some carryovers from the Lucha Underground show, like people yeah. who are on that. The president, he's, he's there right now, isn't he? I forgot yeah. the guy's name. Yes. And uh, so basically I was the, I was a henchman on the show uh, for like the evil, like general manager. Yeah. And uh, basically, so I was dressed up in like a black turtleneck sweater, black pants, black boots, uh, a mask and gloves yeah in like a really hot arena under really bright lights so i was sweating my ass off when i wrestled for mlw and i had a six-man tag team match against uh lince dorado uh and a guy a uh, lot australia uh, australia i think was the other guy's name and then um a guy named microman which is uh, a guy who is a Mexican, uh, sorry, I mean, a luchador, a luchador wrestler, masked wrestler, who is, I think of, he's very, very small stature. I think he's- uh, uh, Yeah, I've seen clips. <laughs> yeah, 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 so- um, Man, I fucking I, love it, man. Yeah, it was cool. It was a fun <laughs> match, a fun experience. Yeah, uh, yeah. A team with uh, another luchador named uh, Mini Abismo Jr. and Delirious, who was my trainer. So- it was a really cool, fun experience to work for MLW. Um, I'm hoping that it will it'll continue to kind of happen with yeah. them more this year. Um, other places I've been to, I got to wrestle for Beyond Wrestling, uh, which was really cool. Like a lot of independence I've been able to hit, you know, more yeah. like last year and and continuing this year up in that northeast area is something that I've been doing a lot. So Places like uh, like Limitless Wrestling in in Maine. That's another good one that I've really, um, really been enjoying as well. Places like Blitzkrieg Pro and Pro Wrestling Grind in Massachusetts. So, 
some television stuff, but also the indies as well. And the indies are booming right now, mm. which is amazing. I love working independent wrestling shows. You said at one point the world was shut down, and then now you've you know, now you've got these opportunities again. Yeah, and I love just going to different independent wrestling shows, meeting new people, mm -hmm. uh, reuniting with some of my other, you know, former Ring of Honor friends, you know, like, you know, Cheeseburger when we're on the same show or Hot Sauce Tracy Williams and people like that. Um, so I've been blessed to be able to do a lot of things, and I'm hoping to continue that trend into this year. One of the things that I would really like, a, a personal goal for me, is I would really love to wrestle for um, New Japan's America promotion. Yeah. I mean, I know that they have their, their home promotion over in Japan, but, uh, you know, I'm staying. But it's I'm still the brand, absolutely. And obviously, they still put yeah. on like, top-notch wrestling. Yeah, I'm a stateside boy at heart, so I would love to be able to wrestle for New Japan of America uh, at some point as well. I think that would be uh, a really fun experience for mm. me. No, that's awesome, man. Um, basically, we're at the end of the interview. Uh, Ryan, I want to give you the platform. Anything you want to say, anything you want to promote, um, anything you want to get off your chest, anything, man, you can say whatever you want. Obviously, you've been a great guest. We enjoyed your stories and your journey. Obviously, still pretty early on your career. I mean, challenging for the world title, um, like your second match, that's unheard of. But there's, uh, yeah, only, man. there's only one way to go from there, and it's down, right? <laughs> like, where are you supposed to go after that? Um, <laughs> Uh, no, um, you can follow me on, uh, uh, sorry, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at rabid Ryan Mooney. Um, you know, you can go to pro and type in Ryan Mooney and you can find mm. all of your favorite honey badger related merch. Cool designs, by the way. I had a little peek, some cool designs in there. Mm -hmm. Yep, absolutely. Oh yeah. And go to pro wrestling tees and buy the, uh, Jay Briscoe Memorial t-shirt because yeah. I just did that. Uh, yesterday and it came to my house and all of the proceeds are going to go to yes. Jay Briscoe's family and I think that that's a, a wonderful way to support them in this time um, but yeah go and, uh, go and buy my stuff as well if you want to support me follow me on the socials to get updated on mm -hmm. you know where I'm going to be what places I'm going to be wrestling for next that sounds like you're everywhere at the moment <laughs> yeah yeah you know well I'm hoping to uh, that's, that's good that's good I'm hoping to get out there and go to as many places as possible this year mm. meet as many new people as I can maybe the UK mate maybe the UK maybe not this year but when you know the UK is still yet to be checked off of my bucket list. Mate, so you are more than welcome. Somebody welcome. out there wants to bring me to the UK and give me my first UK wrestling match. I would absolutely love it. And uh, I would endorse it 100%. But uh, yeah, follow me on the socials and go and buy my merch if you want to support me or come out to a wrestling show and support me if you're in the area. And uh, yeah, but thanks for having me on the show, man. I mean, it's really cool to come on and talk to people about wrestling and talk mm -hmm. to people about life. I I love these conversations, and uh, I think that they're they're some of the best parts of life is just talking to people about mm. the things that we're all passionate about. So like, literally, thanks. like yeah, different parts of the world, but obviously we just have that one thing in common, and then we just expand on that and just have this easy conversation. Time's flying by; it's been like an like an hour or so, and right. obviously we probably can talk more. But it's just been really good. Obviously, um, I listened to your interview before, and obviously I've been watching matches as well. It's just like obviously, just so talented, and seeing the transformation from Ryan Nova to the rabid Honey Badger, Ryan Moon. Oh, but uh, no, nah, appreciate it, man. Thank you for coming on. Obviously, I know you're a busy man, but we rescheduled this. But thank you. Um, if you can like this video. Subscribe to this account and follow me on my social media 
uh, handles in the description below. That'd be much appreciated. I'll put Ryan's details as well in there below so you can follow him and keep up to date on his journey and what he's going to be up to. Who knows where he'll appear next. But uh, for now, everyone, I hope you all have a good weekend and you'll hear from me soon. Take care.